Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God, sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. Uh, whilst wishing everyone a very Merry Christmas. Take that out, put that down there. We are uh, continuing uh, a series this Christmas season that is looking at and hopefully getting us excited about celebrating uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. And we're looking at the Christmas of the Bible in the world today. And for many people, um, Christmas is like a super uber duper like steroid joyous time of the year where they're just happy, happy, happy for no reason. And uh, people will be posting all kind of things online. Uh, and you guys have probably seen people who have been posting Christmas verses like uh, this one, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Uh, people are posting, you know, this whole like, I forget what it's called where you use each letter to make a thing, uh, but uh, posting stuff like this. And then uh, of course, you know, the joy to the world, the world has come. All kind of good stuff, right? Happy time. People are loving it. People are celebrating the birth of Christ, posting things about the birth of Christ. Uh, and then, I don't know if you guys have seen it, there have been people, because we got a little bit of snow today, uh, people posting things like, yeah, we uh, pray for a white Christmas. Have you guys seen anyone posting about that stuff? No one in Texas is posting that any longer, because they got like a lot of snow, which like never happened. Atlanta, too. Alabama got how many? Ten? Alabama got ten. Ten inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. North Carolina. All these southern places. And they were usually the people posting, yay, I want a white Christmas. Not anymore, because they're done. Because when it looks like this, it's pretty. You know, the little bit of snow in your window. But when you end up with something like, you know, uh, a bunch of this, not as pretty. Right when your car is covered and you got to scrape, stand up in the cold, scraping ice off, uh, so then people are not as happy. But there's also the people who are really happy, and I don't, I don't, I don't understand it, but apparently it gives them joy that are posting pics about this um, elf on a shelf. I don't quite understand how it works or the meaning of it, but people love it, and I'm seeing pictures everywhere. Uh, and someone posted this one. Uh, my the one I like the most is this one because that's the way it should be. It's like he's like at war. But all these people zip lining across the kitchen. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. But people are enjoying it because it's the happy time of the year. This is what makes them happy. I really don't know why. More power to them. But here's the here's the flip side of that that we we got to acknowledge. Right, is that um, Christmas is also the time of the year. There's a lot of people that are not going to be so happy. Some people are going to be depressed, either because of uh, finances, because of relationship issues, uh, because they feel alone, they feel rejected, they feel like, uh, you know, maybe they don't have family around them right now, so they're kind of hurting. Uh, so for every happy person, there's going to be someone that's really, really sad and feeling alone. Uh, so I wanted to, this week, uh, kind of, since we're talking about Christmas classics and classic movies and kind of relating them and pulling out from the Bible uh, what the Bible says about Christmas overall. I wanted to look at one of my favorite movies. I love it. Christmas classic, Home Alone. Anyone seen it? 
Hopefully everyone, all right, so good. So it's not a spoiler if I tell you about it, all right? So uh, for those who haven't seen it, first, shame on you. Go watch it. Uh, second, I, I think there's like three or four now. Like there's Home Alone, then there's Lost in New York and all this kind of stuff. But, um, and then someone else took over for, I think, four or five. But uh, originally it was um, Macaulay Culkin, uh, and he has an argument with his mom or family. He basically just acts out. Right? right before his family is supposed to take a trip, so his mom sends him off to his room, and he's there by himself, and then the next morning, I think their alarm clock doesn't work or whatever, and they're rushing around trying to get ready because they're catching a plane, and it's not just one family, it's one family plus, I forget if it's a brother-in-law or sister-in-law, and their family, so there's like 14 or 15 people all over this house, all trying to get ready, all trying to catch a plane, and they're going to Paris, so it's not like they're flying from you know, D.C. to North Carolina. They're heading to Paris uh, for Christmas vacation, and somehow in the rush of the busyness, they forget Kevin. And now it's not that they forget him, right? Because as the, I think it says they're getting into the car. They're counting, but they're not counting faces. They're just like, I see heads or counting people, and they accidentally count someone twice. And this is what, what leads to the problem is because they're not counting people as people, they're just counting numbers without faces. And that's what happens to some people on Christmas. They get lost in the crowd, whether it be at work or in a family gathering, and people don't really look at them as an individual, or they feel like I'm not being looked at as an individual. I'm just one of this crowd of people, and they don't feel that personal love, and so they get a little bit depressed at Christmas time, because it happens, right? Uh, and so then what happens is they go on, and, and, and they leave him, and they forget about him, and then he wakes up, they're gone, and I think it's before he goes to bed, he actually, because he's mad, and he says, I hope and I wish that, you know, I wish I didn't have any family whatsoever. So when he wakes up the next morning, they're all gone, and he celebrates. He's like, woohoo, you know, party time, he's dancing, he's doing all this stuff, and he's rejoicing because he's thinking, this is my Christmas wish, all my family is gone, and he is extremely happy until what? Until he misses him. Until he's like, yeah, I kind of miss my mom. I kind of miss my dad. I kind of miss my knucklehead brother who always makes fun of me and jokes with me. And he's happy they're gone until he misses them. And that's, that's, that's the epitome of what, what, what happens on Christmas. We, we look at family and we kind of, ah, I can do without them. We don't until they're not there, right? And then we miss them like crazy. And here's the reality because Everyone could use some family during the holiday season, right? This Christmas season, that's going to be one of the biggest things for people is, hey, you know, I get to see Uncle Bertha and, you know, Uncle Bertha. Wow, that didn't go well. <laughs> yeah, there might be one somewhere. Uh, and, and, and Aunt Jackie and whoever that you haven't seen, you know, all year long or whatever, and you finally get to see them, and, and, and you're, they're loving it. And, and while I'm thinking about that, let me say this. Can we just stop for a moment and pray for our military people? Because uh, they regularly are without their families. And being an ex-veteran or being a veteran, um, I, I, I know what it's like that if you have wife and children, sometimes you can bring them with you, and you're missing you know, extended family, but you have your immediate family with you. But for a large portion of them, you're going somewhere, even if there are places you can bring them, there are lots of places you can't. 
And for the other ones who are single, they're not married, they don't have kids, uh, they're missing, you know, mother, father, sister, brother. So uh, what were you going to say? Yeah. So let, let's, can we just stop and, and pray for our military? God, we lift up uh, all of the members of our armed forces who are going to be separated from their families uh, this Christmas season. Uh, we pray that you would, uh, however, whether it be Skype or video, that they get to at least spend some time with them, even if it's just a phone call. And we pray that you would use all of the people around the nation to pray for, send love to, send gifts to, and send acknowledgement and thankfulness and gratefulness for every single person who puts on a uniform and serves to defend this country. God, we thank you for them, we praise you for them, and we lift them up this morning and this holiday season. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, they do a lot for us. So Kevin, back to the story. He's angry. Uh, he wakes up. He's celebrating that his family's gone until he misses them. Uh, and then, you know, he's upset because they're gone. And then he realizes that there's these two con guys that come uh, and they try to rob the house, and he realizes that he's, you know, got to defend the house. And that's the, the, the premise of the movie is that he's home alone, they're trying to come in, and he's got to defend the house. Now, uh, here's the thing, because every single um, person that has ever watched this movie, probably 10, however many years ago it came out, I don't remember when, we all laughed. We thought it was hysterical. We thought it was funny. If that happened today and we saw on CNN or Fox News or wherever that somebody left their kids home, you know, and what was he was like eight or eight years old, eight-year-old kid home, and people were trying to break in, and he had to defend them. Honestly, we would call for their heads. Are you raising your hand? How many years? 27 years ago. Wow. Yeah. A long, Yeah. But we, if we, if that happened now, right? We, everybody, all over, you know, Facebook, you know, why is it CPS called and, you know, all that kind of stuff? Because we would think that these are the worst parents ever, right? We would think there must be something wrong with them. But again, they didn't intentionally leave him. It was an accident. They were counting heads or whatever and not faces. But if we if we look at it, it's not really the parents that caused this. Right, because there were a couple other things that led into this, and the first was anger. Right, because the mom was upset. She was like, "Get out, go up to your room, and I think the attic or wherever." And he went, and he was angry, and he was like, "I want nothing to do with you." She was like, "I want nothing to do with you right now." And every single one of us, even though we would be the ones saying, "Why doesn't someone call CPS?" We would admit, how many people have said something or done something really crazy or stupid out of anger? All of us, right? We've all made that mistake of, of, of letting words or something happen that we didn't mean to do, uh, and we've all been regretful for it. But the other thing that really contributed to this is just the busyness, because they woke up late, and I forget how late, but really late, and they had to catch a plane to Paris, and I think while they're getting ready, the van or truck, whatever that's supposed to pick them up is waiting outside. That's how late they woke up. And they are rushing around, super busy, trying to get everything done. And we can all admit that we have gotten so busy that we forgot to do something, right? Over Thanksgiving, big conversation among our family is how often we forget to do something, specifically me. I, yeah, I forget all kind of stuff. But now here's the reality, and you don't have to raise your hand. 
How many people have forgotten not to do something, but forgotten about someone? Whether it be a birthday, or an anniversary, or I was going to say wedding, but hopefully that is not the case, because that's just, but we've forgotten about someone. And it doesn't mean that they don't mean anything to us, but it can cause that kind of scenario uh, where we end up mad with one another, separating from one another, not caring about one another. And here's the reality. This is what happens every single Christmas because every single year, people forget about the Christ part of Christmas. We get so busy making sure we get all the gifts, uh, making sure that you know we, we hit every Black Friday sale, making sure we got all the decorations up, making sure we posted pictures of all the decorations, but forgetting to stop and every single day give thanks to Jesus Christ for his birth that we get to celebrate, right? And that happens every year. Now, in the, and for those of you that are saying, when are we going to get to the Bible? Right now. Because in the Bible, way thousands of years before the birth of Christ, Moses stood in the desert with the people of Israel, and he said, don't forget about God. There's going to be a time where you get so busy, you're going to forget about God. Don't let it happen. In the book of Deuteronomy, he's, he's in the desert with the people of Israel, and Deuteronomy is literally where he's reiterating the law that God has already given to them. And he says, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Same thing he's, that, that we're talking about. He's saying, you're going to get to a position where you forget about God. And he says, take care, make sure, be intentional so that this doesn't happen to you. And he describes the circumstances uh, when it's going to happen. And he says that lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, He's saying this is the situation where you're going to end up forgetting God. When you're eating and, and you've got enough food on your plate, when your refrigerators are full, when you've got big giant houses to live in, and even though we don't have herds and flocks, it's basically saying when your business is doing good or you're profitable and you've got money in the bank, that's when that's going to happen. right? That's when we're going to forget about God. And I was talking with uh, uh, some of you guys remember Mike Ranovitz. He spoke here a few weeks back uh, Actually, that was during the summer, so a few months back. Uh, and, and I was talking with him, had lunch with him and some other pastors this week, and we were talking about the fact that uh, he was telling me specifically his wife is from Peru. I think it's Peru or Colombia. I forget which. Peru, I think. And he said that there's a church there that has 12 services each weekend. They have six on Saturday and six on Sunday. Pretty much every couple hours, they're having church services. And he said when his father-in-law was telling him about this, he thought, you know what, it's probably the crowd from the 9 a.m. service, some of them probably hang around for the 11-something service, and then some of those hang around for the next one. And so when he had the opportunity to go, he said he saw it firsthand. There was no hanging around. They literally, when the service is done, you know how we hang around and we talk or whatever? You got about 15 minutes to do that. And then they start ushering people out the door, out like, you guys go out that door, and then in this door, start coming in the next people. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand. What, what are they doing there that we're not doing here? Because with all the pastors, we were talking about the decline in church attendance today, and he brought up a really good point. 
the ties into this. He said in that particular community in Peru, it's not full of doctors and lawyers and engineers. It's full of people who are either middle class or lower class. Some are barely having enough to eat. Some are living paycheck to paycheck. Some with no paycheck. They don't have enough to eat. They don't have giant comfortable homes. Their flocks aren't multiplying. There is no silver and no gold in their bank account. They are in need and they're looking for God to meet their need. And if you look around, you know, for our nation, one of the reasons that we're declining, there's not as much need, and a lot of people feel like we don't need him anymore. And then uh, Moses goes on and he says, when all of that happens, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. And this is specific because it's the same people who say, you know what, God, I need a job. God, I wish I had a family. God, I wish I had a spouse. God, I'm barely making ends meet. I need you to provide. And God provides all that stuff. And then these are the same people that are like, well, I don't need to go to church or I'm too busy to go to church because I have all this stuff now that I've got to take care of and all these things that I've got to get done, right? But however, Christmas is the time when we are reminded that God is with us. It's the one time of the year where we celebrate and rejoice publicly, loudly, nationwide, on every airwave possible that God is with us. Because we look at the verse in Isaiah where Isaiah was talking to uh, King Ahaz, and he says in Isaiah chapter 7, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol, which is literally hell, or as high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Now, just to put this in, 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 in um, context, Ahaz was the king, and they were being besieged. And he was like, how do I know that God is going to save us? But God was responding through the prophet Isaiah, hey, this isn't just about me protecting you now. It's about me providing for the people always, forever. And he responds with this. He says that, and he said, Isaiah, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men, that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. And then, several thousand years later, we read in Matthew what we're celebrating now, what Christmas is all about. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from his sins. And we talked about this last week. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. What we're supposed to be celebrating and rejoicing in is the fact that, yeah, God is with us. We're not supposed to be allowing people to like, oh, you know what? I feel so alone. I, I, I don't know if anyone's around me. We're supposed to be celebrating just like in this. Hey, you may feel alone, but you're not alone. But there are so many people who don't know that God is with them. They've never heard of Emmanuel. There are, you would be surprised how many people have never heard those verses. Or people who've heard them but don't really realize that that means God is with them too. And what you have, uh, and, and, and a lot of people debate this over the Christmas season, is people who get depressed and who feel lonely, and some end up taking their lives. 
And, and, and depending upon you know, what studies you read or whatever, uh, there are some that say that suicide doesn't rise during Christmas season. They say it stays about the same. In my opinion, any loss of life, any time of the year, especially if someone feels so depressed or alone that they take their own life, is too many. And I don't want to like, kind of weird you guys out, but I, I, I need to share this with you uh, because this is from a study from 2013. And this is just students. And it says that the suicidal students, it lists those considered, those who planned it, those who attempted it, those who had a harmful attempt. And, and people argue about the fact that that's not really high. Because you see that some were in the 15 to 20%, some were only in the 10 to 15%. And they say, well, of all the students nationwide, that's not really high. And in my head, I'm like, anything over zero is unacceptable. So we're a student, and this is uh, grades 9 to 12, high school kids, where a high school kid feels either so alone or depressed or rejected that they decide that they should no longer live. Anything over zero is unacceptable. And among veterans, we were just praying for our veterans, among veterans, um, of the, and this is for every 100,000 of the population, twice as many veterans take their lives as civilians. So that means that someone, whether they gave three years, 13 years, or 30 years to serve our nation, comes back and then decides, for whatever reason, that I'm not accepted, loved, or I'm rejected, and my life doesn't matter. And anything over zero is unacceptable. And uh, this next slide, I don't know if you guys will be able to see it. Same thing, 2013, looking at all the suicides. And there's all of these reasons, illegitimate pregnancy, divorce, uh, fall in social reputation, something dramatic happens and everyone starts bashing you on social media. All of these reasons, drug abuse, addiction, but the number one reason is family problems. Like the people that are supposed to love me, I'm not feeling the love. The people that are supposed to be there for me, I'm not feeling that they're there for me. And we were talking about this uh, at the small group we do at the local community college at CCAC, and it got really emotional because I, I shared with you guys that uh, one of the students there took their life, and a lot of them knew that student, and I only you know, talked to the guy every now and then, and it got real emotional as people started sharing stories of other people they knew who for whatever reason felt so alone or so rejected uh, that they ended up taking their life. And this is not what's supposed to be happening period, at all, but especially during the holidays. Because this is the opposite of what's supposed to be happening. What's supposed to be happening now is we're supposed to be going out and telling people, hey, you can have a joyous life made possible by the birth of Christ, right? John writes in his, now the, the, the Gospel of John, uh, normally when people talk about, you know, the Christmas verses, they look at Matthew, they look at Luke. They don't look at John, but as far as I'm concerned, this is one of the best Christmas birth of Christ uh, even though it's not talking about him born in the flesh verses, because it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was God. Sorry, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And this is John talking about Jesus Christ being, in fact, God in the flesh. Uh, and then he goes on and he says this. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He's saying Jesus Christ made everything, including life. And that word he uses for life 
is, is if you can think of like the spark, I'm thinking transformers, the spark of life, the thing that gives life animation. Jesus made that. He made that possible, and he gave that to us. And when he gave it to humanity, all of a sudden humanity had this light, and that word for light is where we get our word phosphorus. It means it's supposed to shine. It's supposed to radiate. It's supposed to impact other people. And the reality is, is that Jesus was born so that our lights might shine. And Christmas is the celebration of God bringing life and light to humanity. And we're supposed to go out and tell other people about that. But there are people who are going to be alone this Christmas, and they would love to hear and know that they can have that light. There are people that are going to feel rejected, uh, uh, whether it be because of relationships or family arguments, because we all know that family arguments also happen during Christmas. And they could use that light. And the reality is we all know someone who could use the hope and the light made possible by the birth of Jesus Christ. Whether it be a family member, whether it be a coworker, whether it be a friend, we all can think of someone right now who, you know what, I don't know if they're suicidal, but I know of someone that hasn't been feeling themselves this Christmas season. They've been kind of down. They've been feeling lonely. They've been feeling rejected. Right? Now, Here's the beauty of it, because John says that those people as well can receive the light. He said, to as many as did receive him, and as many that receive it now, to those who put their trust in his person and power, he, meaning Jesus, gave the right to become children of God, not because of bloodline, physical impulse, or human intention, but because of God. And the reason I put it in a complete Jewish Bible version is because of that phrase, bloodline. In the Jewish culture, your bloodline was really important. Were you a descendant of Aaron? Were you a descendant of which tribe? Very important. And what John was saying, none of that matters because when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you become a member of his family, and he's never going to leave you, he's never going to forsake you, and you'll never be alone again. So here's what we do. I'm not, uh, we've been doing this thing called the uh, Jingle All the Way Challenge, and as the band comes up, I'm going to challenge you guys to do something. Uh, and it may seem a little bit cheesy, but I'm going to ask you to do it anyway. Uh, and that is to... Think of a person, whoever it is, family member, friend, whatever, um, that you know of that may be feeling alone this Christmas or may be feeling left out. Um, and I'm going to ask you to call them or text them or contact them and let them know that they are not alone. And you can do it now. You can do it while we're singing. You can do it after we're done. But whatever you do, just, just contact them. If you want to put, um, I just put this up, and it should be showing up on my Facebook feed in a little while. If you want to text them and say, hey, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You are not alone. If you just want to call them and say, hey, I just wanted to call you and tell you that, you know what? I'm praying that you have a Merry Christmas. You are not alone. Especially if it's a, a service member that's serving overseas or even somewhere around here and they're just away from their family, text them, call them, email them, Snapchat them, and let them know, hey, you are not alone. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. God, we lift up all of those people who are 
hurting, all of those people who are looking uh, for relationship, all of those people who are seeking to know that they are not alone. All of those people who are uh, uh, leaning towards depression, all of those people who are feeling rejected, all of those people who are feeling apart or separated from their family and their loved ones, God, we pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that they would know that they are not alone. That when we leave here today, whether we call them or text them or Snapchat them or or put it on their Facebook status or send them an old-fashioned snail mail Christmas card, but that we take action to let them know that because of the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, that they never, ever, ever have to be alone. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God, we just want to adore you and praise you and give you all the glory that you deserve. And as we celebrate your birth this Christmas season, we pray that we not only encourage others to get excited about the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, but that we help them get excited about it and help them have a Merry Christmas so that no one is alone. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Pray that you have an awesome rest of your Sunday. Uh, God bless and see you next week.